Hey friends, Pastor Brandon here, and we are so excited that you logged on to stream our sermon content here at Community Covenant Church. We pray that it is uh, helpful, enjoyable, and that will help you grow into all that God has created you to be. We have other ways that we help you grow here. And first, that is through our gatherings on the weekend. Um, and it's also in groups as we gather together as the church uh, beyond the weekend. Um, and we are applying this sermon content and the gospel to our lives. And and then lastly, through mission opportunities, both serving inside and outside the local uh, church. And so what we pray is that this sermon content uh, is in no way replacing a meaningful relationship between you and a local church, whether that's our church or another one in our area. Uh, we just would pray that this is supplemental to you and not a replacement of a meaningful engagement with a local church. And so just praying uh, for you as you continue to grow and pray that God continues to uh, help you connect to a group of people that love you and know you. Blessings. Bibles. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 3 together today, Philippians chapter 3, and uh, we are going to be on page number 9 something or other. What, is it? what page is it? 985, 985. And uh, Dave, if you can get that screen kind of one out on me, so if you could get that uh, screen going for me, that'd be great. Hey, uh, so I can't drive a stick shift. I'll, uh, I'll, give my, uh, I'll give my man card up at the end of the service. Um, it's one of those things that like, you know, after 32 years, I've successfully navigated and now it's just a game, right? Like how long can I f- not figure this out, right? Except there's this time when I was uh, about 22, I, I needed to buy a car. I was in Pennsylvania. Um, living there, and I needed to buy a car. And there's this car, this is a perfect price range, this Volkswagen Jetta, looked kind of cool, but still pretty cheap. Uh, except the only, you know, the flaw was it was a stick shift, right? And it, I, went to this, I went to this car dealership. The car dealership was like, hey, uh, I, I just like, hey, I'd like to test drive this car. And uh, he was like, all right, cool, just take it and go. Okay. Like, how long have you been able to stay in business with that model? But we're not going to ask that question. Um, but he's like, yeah, just take and go. And I'm like, all right, cool. They have, you know, just, I think I've driven it maybe once or twice before. When I was a kid, I got this shift from my dad, but that's about it. That's the extent of my knowledge up to this point. And so I pull out into this course that he laid out for me in such dramatic fashion. He's like, yeah, just take a left and a right you know, and come back. All right, cool. I think I can do that. And so I take a right onto uh, the first right, and immediately what happens is I go up a hill. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows. Everyone knows this moment. Everyone knows this moment, right? I go right up the hill. There's two things that are going to happen. There's one or two things that will happen at this moment. I will graciously, a gift from God, either have a cul-de-sac where I can just turn around and keep going, or I'm going to have a stop sign, right? You know this moment. 
So I'm at this top of the hill, right at this, I, I get to the top of the hill, lo and behold, stop sign, right? And there's one of those stop signs where you can't quite see around the corner, right? So you don't really know what you can do. And what did I have to do? Stop. All right. Now this is, this is a moment, right? Because again, I got, the, I got the, uh, the experience of about a seven-year-old helping his dad shift a car. So I, I got this, this time where I'm just, okay, I, I, there's one of a few things that can happen here. I got... Okay, I'm going to test out that, you know, you, you always have like a, like a second worth of a, like a, this little tiny spot where the clutch and the, the, the whatever that's called, um, <laughs> you have the clutch and the gas pedal that engages, right? You get this little tiny thing. Well, on a Jetta, you got like, it's like half that, right? And so, so you got to have like a bit more of experience. So I was like, okay, there's a, let's, let's give it a shot. So I go for it. I just, I like literally rolled back down the hill a little bit. And I was like, okay, all right. Now, now I'm full on sweat at this moment, right? Because I'm like, it's cool. I still don't have anyone behind me. I, I'm still kind of by myself in this neighborhood until the moment where I wasn't and a car pulled up behind me, right? Now I got this thing, okay. Now I'm down a little bit further. I couldn't go over, I couldn't see over. I, I, I just have to pop the clutch and go. I just got to do it. I just got to pull the Band-Aid off. And I happen to do it. I think I peeled rubber for a good like 10 minutes. Like as I rounded this corner, I pulled the whole thing out. I figured I got back to the thing, gave the keys back and walked away from the deal, right? <laughs> Literally bought the car right next to that, which was awesome. It was a Plymouth Breeze. It was so fun for that couple years. Um, really, really hard. I started dating my wife in that car, which you can tell she loved me for me, right? That's all I got to know. She loved me for me. Um, but, but here's, I, when, I, I st- when I was thinking about the sermon this week, I, was th- I thought about that story because often our growth in, in the Lord and our walk with the Lord can often feel like driving a stick shift when you can't, right? And, you, and you, you often will start to roll back. You don't know really when to engage the gas pedal or you just don't know how, let's face it. Um, you can't see what's coming all the time. And sometimes you just got to peel rubber, right? And often our spiritual growth feels like that. And, and as we become a church and, 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 and live as a church, as an only God church, a church that only God could get the credit for, if we're that type of church, I think it's really important that we become a church um, that sees progression, not perfection. I really think it's important for us as a church, an only God church, to experience progression but not perfection. So here, here's the deal. For us as a, as, a, as a church, it's really important for us to be able to maneuver this whole thing called uh, Christianity, this whole relationship with Christ. It's, it's really important to maneuver it with steps that are being taken, where we are experiencing growth. It's really important for us to have a clear pathway for us to grow. The whole trajectory of the New Testament is going to help you move forward, always going to help you grow. And if you're in that spot where you're kind of like, I either need to pop the clutch or just get out of the car, he's going to help you move forward. And, and, and let's be honest, if you've been coming here longer than a week, you've understood that we're not perfect. I've often said this to you, man, if you're not the disappointed yet, give us a few weeks and you'll probably get there. Because what happens when you take a person and put them together with other people, you just have the ability to... To, uh, to experience this level of missed expectation or unclear thoughts or maybe just a, I thought this was going to happen and this happened or I just was not quite sure about whatever we find ourselves in. But we're not going to experience perfection. Even in our own personal lives, we're never going to get there. 
Uh, but it's so important, it's crucial for us to experience progression. We need to be taking steps forward and becoming more like Christ. And that's what Paul is teaching on in Philippians, where he finds himself in prison, right? So he's in prison right now, and he's experiencing like all sorts of, like what you could be, see, what you could see as hopelessness. Man, he's just by himself in prison, but he's experiencing utter joy because of the people that are, that he's in relationship with. He's not with them in person, but he knows that he's got friends at the church in Philippi. He knows that. And so he begins to talk about his, his, his spiritual background. Like he's got all of these credits towards his name, right? He's Paul. He's a rabbi. He is just a, a knows everything. He's, a, he's Jewish, so he just has, he's got access into the Jewish community. He's got all of these little notches on the belt, which would have presented him as a very big, like a spiritual giant in his day. And he says in Philippians 3 that ultimately all of that stuff doesn't matter to him anymore. He calls it crap, actually, and not a not with a much stronger word in the Greek that I'm, I'd be get fired if I said it out loud here. Um, but, but he says, it's all considered just rubbish to me. All of these notches on the belt that everyone thinks that I'm such a great person for, none of that matters to me. And he picks up in verse 10 and he says this in Philippians 3, 10. He says, but I just want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death. That one is not etched on a pillow anywhere on any of your houses, I promise you that. So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. And I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. You know, and there's, there's just this moment of understanding that Paul is trying to get us to take steps. He's trying to move. He's like, this is exactly what I'm trying to do here. And you're talking about Paul. Like when we, when we think about this guy, he wrote, he wrote literally like 25% of the New Testament. Like this guy is a giant. People have been studying and reading him. He's literally responsible for massive change in, changes in trajectory in the entire world. And he's saying, all that stuff is just rubbish to me. I just want to know Christ in the resurrection. And I'm just, I'm, I'm just pressing on, forgetting what's in the past and forget, pressing on. I mean, Paul had junk in his past, man. He was responsible for killing Christians, like murder in his past. And knowing what's in front of him, he's just moving towards that for his entire life. Even the, so you see this, this, this movement, this trajectory somewhere. So for us as a church, it's always important for us to continue to take steps forward. Even at one spot, the writer of Hebrews talks about it this way in Hebrews 6, chapter 1. He says, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on and instead become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from dead works and placing our faith in God. So even after you become a follower of Christ and you've repented and understood his salvation, after you've had that moment, he's saying it's so important for us to continue to mature 
Sometimes we can just get stuck in this internal, like this, this initial stage of, like our, of, of repentance and just we're going to stay there and we never actually grow to full obedience in him. He's just saying this, this idea of maturity where a church is continuing to see roots go down, their reach go far, and their trunk build out simply because they're becoming and obeying uh, what it means to be a follower of Christ. And so you see this type of, of movement. There's always this trajectory towards maturity, towards growth, towards taking next steps. And so we begin to t- see that build itself out. So what does Paul say? How do we grow? How do we grow? It's right here in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, where he says, uh, actually verse 13, he says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved perfection, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive this heavenly prize. And so how we grow is this. Number one is you forget what's in the past. When you, for, when you, when you don't realize, when you, when you realize that you're living in the past, the con, the, the, this understanding, this cloud that's over you is often called shame. Where you kind of have this, this, this cloud of shame over you because you can't forget the past, whether you did something or someone did something to you you don't build out, it's impossible to grow now if you don't forget the past. And he's saying, well, well and, and we look forward to what lies in the future. We look forward to what lies in the future. That's coming. And so we begin to, uh, we begin to, to, to not live there, though, because if you live in the future, it's called stress and anxiety oh, this could happen or this might happen. Actually, for, for those of us in, in a positive manner that live in the future in a positive way, it's all the, uh, well, gosh, if, it's not look, if it doesn't look exactly like that, I won't try. And so we, we, get, we get stuck in our shame or we get completely stressed out. And what are you saying? No, no, I, I want to process everything as I look forward to Christ. I want to live now in the moment, in this immediacy, Today, because that's all we have, that's what Matthew 5, 6, and 7 teaches us. I got today to live well, and I'm going to press on until the moment where I meet Jesus. No perfection, just progress. No perfection, just progress. And I'm going to see, press on for my entire age, for this entire age. Because when you do that, when you walk with Jesus to build progress, not perfection, you'll have strength. And so it's not just about the shame of your past, it's not the stress of the future, but it's the strength of living with Christ and taking one step at a time. And so it's so crucial for us as a church for you as a person, to build roots down, to build the trunk out so that the fruit can be strong and healthy and, and let's just face it, awesome, right? And we build that out by forgetting the past and looking forward into the future and progressing with Christ. And so as a church, our entire role as a church, a community covenant, it, whether that's the organization of community covenant and the people that's in it, our entire role is to really just help you do that. We don't ever try to force anyone down a pathway. In fact, a lot of times when people come up and have that conversation with me, my question is, all right, what step do you have to take? What step do you have to take? Because we have all sorts of 
ways to help you do that. We'll walk through in a second. But we don't ever want to force anyone down a pathway. We don't want to ever force anyone to anything because what ends up happening when people are forced into a specific lane, they by themselves end up, they just by, they, they end up making decisions for you and never end up growing for them. So the step is always your decision. It's always your step to take. And everyone has different steps to take at, at varying different times. But churches should never get into the role of forcing anyone down anything. We can just teach what's, what's in the scriptures, what we see as healthy, and it's ultimately up to you to take that step. It's ultimately up to you to take that step. And so for us, we have a, a variety of steps that we help you take, but they're all steps that they're more than just uh, the little moments or programs for us as a church, what they are, they're helping shape you as a disciple. They're things that you can use, like little gas pedals, that can help shape you as a follower of Christ. Because here's, the, here's what ends up happening is, for many of us as Christians, we get the language of the lid. This happens in leadership too, if you're a leader, uh, whether at home or at work or wherever you're at. But in discipleship, as we become more like Christ, we get this lid. We're like, oh, we just don't know where God is in this moment. Or we just don't know where, what, what he's up to. We just feel stuck in our relationship. Or we feel like God is far away. And we know he's not. Many times it's because we're not in a posture, we don't have rhythms in our life that help us stay connected and stay in tune or stay aware of the presence of God. And so it's so crucial to always be forgetting the past, looking forward to the future and progressing with Christ in the present so that we can become more and more like him and ultimately see the restoration of all things take place. Are we tracking this morning? And so for us, just a quick rundown. I'm going to quickly run down our next steps because I think it's important for us to do these as we are engaging. The first one that we just always talk about is to trust Jesus if, because if we can't start there, where, what are we doing? We just start with trusting Jesus. Romans 10 says that if you confess with your mouth and believe that Jesus is Lord, 1 Corinthians talks about the idea that you can't say Jesus is Lord unless it's by the Spirit. And so the spirits that work in your life by simply acknowledging Jesus as Lord in your life, the spirit is present in your midst. And so the beginning step for you is just to trust Jesus. And then Philippians 3, we just read, but it's this idea of I want to know Christ. I just don't want to religious anything. N.T. Wright, a, 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 a theologian, N.T. Wright will call it the, pro, the process of, of practicing spirituality where it's not just religion, but it's something that we're actually building into our whole worldview, into our DNA. As Christ is at work in your life, you are trusting Jesus to, to announce him as Lord over every area of your life, but to simply understand that you want to know him. One, one part uh, David talks about in the psalm where it says, as the deer pants for water. You know, I often joke, like, I don't ever say that to my wife, right? It's kind of awkward to say to people as the deer pants for water, but you're seeing this thirst quenched as you're just satisfied in who Christ is. Where you can literally say that, God, if you didn't give me anything, but you gave me your son, Jesus, that I can sit in satisfaction in my life and contentment in my heart. So trusting Jesus is a step. If you've never made the decision to trust Jesus, man, today is that day. 
You have a God that loves you, a God that's for you, a God that's not far off, and he's been pulling you towards him. And if you just feel stuck, get to know him. Truly get to know him. Like, like open the scriptures in your chair time in the morning and, and just read through the gospels like you're getting to know somebody. Like when you sit down for coffee with one of your friends, you're going to ask them, what do you do? Hey, what do you value? What do you do as hobbies? And you can literally read all of those things about Jesus. When you open the gospels up, you say, okay, what does he value? How does he treat people? What is, how, does he, how do you think we should lead Jesus, how, how do you think I should treat other people? What do you think about me? And you can get to know him, not like this big concept or guy in the sky that forces you to come to church on a Sunday morning. Are we tracking? But as a person that knows you and loves you and created you, he just wants to be with you. And so you build your trust in him. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. The more and more that you are rooted in his love, the more and more that you understand of his, his, his image for you, that your identity is not in your performance, but your identity is in your, chill, your, your, your ch- being a child of God, your trust will build down deep. And your love for him will grow strong. As you give him glory and he gets the joy. Trust Jesus. You start there. After you do that, you, you, you get baptized. That's what the Bible says. It just, it literally, it's a step of obedience. There's nothing crazy that happens. The word, but there's only one time the heavens opened up, and that was for Jesus himself. But you take a step of obedience to publicly profess your faith in Christ. This is a step that every believer, according to the New Testament, has to take. Has to take. It's an obedience step. It's, in fact, the only way that the New Testament counts people as followers of Christ. It's literally, they say, hey, he, he, he believed and then he got baptized. He believed and he got baptized. He believed and then he got baptized. At some points in the book of Acts, they believed and he was like, can I just have a puddle? Is there a puddle somewhere? I just want to get baptized somewhere. And so if you haven't been baptized, we have one coming up October 21st, and we want to celebrate with you in that. We want you to be baptized. Because that is a step that every believer should take. Little infomercial, you can register for that today. Anyway, let's continue. Verse uh, number three, your next step is just a a 10 growth track. And this is why we do this is because we want to overview the entire, uh, our values as a church, um, but really what the marks of a disciple are. We want to introduce you to your, the mark of a disciple is worship and your satisfaction being in Jesus Christ and him alone. We want to introduce you to the concept of community and how you were never intended to live life alone, that interdependent relationships where people know you and love you just as you are is simply the first step that people take to extend grace, the grace of God to you. You extend it, you feel it, and you move in it as you understand Jesus. But if people don't know you, listen to this. If people don't know you, you are not experiencing the tangible grace of God. Because it's in being known. It's in being known and loved in that moment that people are experiencing, that you, the people are literally extending to you the grace of God. That means giving even your 
your, your, your dreams that are too crazy to tell people. Giving that over to someone and trusting them with it. We want to introduce to you the concept of mission, that every believer, their purpose in life is to, is to bring heaven to earth. And it's through our work, and it's through our, uh, our relationships, it's through our hobbies that we are continuing to exercise this. We want to introduce the marks of a disciple to you and how you can extend them and continue to grow in them here at Community Covenant. And so if you ever want to connect with who we are as a church, Again, we have another one coming up in a couple weeks. We do these uh, almost quarterly because what we want to do is just get this into our DNA, that we are a church of worship, we're a church of community, we're a church of mission, that all of these concepts, these biblical core concepts, these marks of a disciple are what mark us as a church. And so if you've never taken that step to attend a growth check, to understand more about that, we, we, we need to register for that one coming up in a couple weeks. And so you attend Growth Track, you, you connect in a group, and again, I've, I've said this for, for the longest time, that you're not experiencing the life of our church at a, at, a, at a deep level unless you're connected to a group because that's ultimately where you experience that community. And so you connect in a group. And then you, for, for some of us, we're in spots in our life where, let's be honest, if we share in a group, it gets a little awkward, right? No? Okay, just me. I've been there. You have never been there. Where you, where, where you share something like, okay, I don't know if any of these people can actually help me right now. It's a little too deep. It, it extends a little too far. And it's in that moment that, that you, you, have, you need a, a level of intimacy that might expand past what the group level can offer you. And that's what we just say, we call get care. And we have you meet with a pastor and interact, and then we connect you with, with a, a counselor that loves you, that, help you can, that can help you in your marriage, that can help you personally. Uh, my wife and I, we've talked about that often. Is we, we have steady seasons of marriage counseling. Um, because sometimes we need it, right? Come on, can I get an amen? And sometimes we need to exercise some muscles. But we say that openly. We try to make that as public as possible because we don't want anyone in our church to have the stigma that if you have to go to a counselor that you're somehow broken. Because we all are broken, man. We all are. And we need help sometimes in life. And we're very good at this in suburb world, man, where all we do is we, we, we kind of have this, this, this face of this, this performance mentality. Everything that we, anyone can see anything, uh, we need to make sure it looks really awesome. And so that's why we show up to churches and, and the way that we do, and we go to different places, we buy the things that we buy. And sometimes the biggest thing that you can really do to grow is to simply say, man, I need help. I need help. And so you get care. And then, man, if you're kind of not in any of those spots and you're working in community and you've professed your faith, you, serve, you, you join a team, which is our serving teams. Both inside and outside the church, you're, you're engaging in mission. I'll tell you what, if you haven't given your time over to the work of, of an organization or the church or anything like that, and, you're, and literally all of your time is working for you, then there's always going to be this moment of consuming. I need everything kind of to work out. But what serving does is it takes your time, it takes all of your, your resource, and it kind of bends it outward. You talk to somebody, whether it's someone who's taken their entire life and made it this way, or really just someone who's, who's had little moments, they're taking their time resource and they're bending it outwards to say, I want to pour out into the life of someone else where I don't get it. And then, and then you realize I get a lot back in return. 
but your entire trajectory is built out from you. I need to give this time at least an hour, two hours a week, where I can just be pouring out into someone else. Man, and so if you got all of those working and you're still not challenged, let's try this next one. <laughs> try giving financially. And we, we, have a, we do a series every year on this where we just begin to talk about this because this one's such a big one where we can say Jesus is Lord over every area of our life. And if we can trust him with our money, we can trust him with anything. And so the Bible always challenges us to say, hey, try it, try it. Try out giving God. Try out giving God. We believe all the verses about heaven, but actually Jesus speaks three times more about money than he does ever about heaven. It's incredible. Try giving financially. And then, man, this one has been just a challenge for me over and over and over again. Uh, just my makeup, my wiring, all that sort of thing. But, man, if you got all those kind of working, try inviting someone to church. Try basing your personality, your entire reputation on one question. Hey, hey do, you, do you want to come to church with me? Hey, go to this cool church on a Sunday morning. Uh, I just start my day out. It's really fun. Um, it, it, it gets out before the Pats game starts. Come on now. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Do you think they're going to win today? I really hope so. Um, I don't know. Should, we should just have an altar call right now, right? <laughs> just come up, come up if you need prayer. Come up if you need prayer. Uh, either that or if you're watching the Ryder Cup right now, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll anoint you with oil right now in this moment. Um, but try inviting somebody. Not because the church needs growth, but because we deeply believe that everyone's life is better with Jesus at the center. And you are literally finding yourself in moments all the way throughout your week where there's not one person that's around you that God doesn't love. You can't look one person in the eye and ever have the thought that they're hopeless or that they're no good simply because they were created in the image of a God that loves them and knows them and has planned out their life. And he simply needs people to tell them. Now that gets a little funny for us sometimes because it's hard, right, to talk about that. But in all reality, if you can invest in them, we'll talk about this next couple weeks, if you can invest in them and serve them and invite and connect them to a church that can do the same, you'll see that it's not so hard. And so when you're looking at this, this is literally like just, the, we're just trying to look at the entire New, New Testament and say, God, are there some gas pedals that will help me continue to look forward, forget the past, grow in strength for today, and help me trust you as I grow? Is, is there some things that we can do? And this, these are things for us that we're just saying, okay, there's just this, this, these things that I think we can all do together. Because it's just impossible to do everything, but there are some things we can do. And so if you feel stuck today, if you find yourself with the language of the lid and you're not quite sure how to grow in Christ, or maybe you've never considered this, what is your step? Everybody has a next step. None of us can achieve perfection. That's what the scriptures say, but we can all pursue progression. And everyone has a step to take. So what's yours? That's why we say every single person can connect at the connections desk and take a step. Specifically, man, if, if you've never been baptized, 
Or if you've never taken the growth track, man, we'd love to connect with you that way. But here's the deal. As the, the band is slowly progressing from the dark, right? That means it's my time to end. Here's the deal. In order to grow well, you have to take a step. And for some of you here today, you're in the crowd. See, Jesus always had a crowd of like 5,000, 3,000, sometimes just maybe 50, people walking next to him. He always had a crowd of people that might not have been following him, but were listening in. Things just haven't like clicked yet. And for us, that's a gathering. This is just, man, this, this, this whole gathering, the teaching, it connects with, we have you know, just around 400 or so on a weekend. Really, just if you counted every single, we probably have like 750 or so unique people that attend here every month. It goes out online, right? I think we had over, we had, you'll see these stats in a few weeks. We had over 3,000 people watch a sermon online. Another 900 listen to a podcast. I mean, there's just, everyone connects here, but it's just the crowd. Because you can listen in from the, from the, from the sidelines. You, can, you, don't, you don't necessarily have to give anything up. You can just kind of listen. And that's totally cool because that's your step. And there are tons of people that listened in to what Jesus had to say. But when you become a follower of him, you take a step in and you kind of move into some community. Our affectionate cafe table, chairs, they don't even know one's missing. You take a step into community. And this is when you say, okay, God, you can use my stuff. You can, you can, you know, maybe I'll get to know some people around me. Maybe I will uh, move into, uh, I, maybe I'll give a little bit. Maybe I will, I don't know, I'll even get baptized. You know, get wet in front of a lot of people, which we never do. Maybe I'll take a step. You know, and you can live there for years. In fact, most churches, they kind of just stop. They kind of get from here to here, and they, they, they take some steps, and they grow a little bit. But you know, there's a step beyond that. And it's the step that Jesus says, he literally says, okay, I've come so that I could do this. And for us, it's, it's to step into the core. See, some of us, we need to step out of the crowd, take the growth track, and get into the church. And actually make this a church for us or actually make this a life that we're living, or actually trust Jesus, or actually take a step in some way. But some of you, you've been, you've been hanging out in the church world for a long time. You say, you know what? I need, to, I need to really give into what that is. I need to become part of the core. I don't have one foot out, one foot in, but these are my people. I'm not, just, I'm not just for these other people. I'm with them. And I'm not just with them. I am for them. And you take a step to serve or to pour out. So you can have a, a step in one world. You can still have a step in, in oh, you know, I can, I, can, I can have my foot out here and I can have my foot in here. 
and I can kind of exist maybe right at the threshold of the door. And maybe your step today is I'm going to step out of the church and I'm going to step into the core. And I'm going to be part of leading, leading an aspect of what goes on around here. I'm going to end up into some sort of leadership of, of something else that help participate in, in the restoration of all things. But for some of us, we can't just stop at, at taking a step. We need to start taking a part of the core. And he says, this is, this is the way that, that Jesus came, not to be served. Jesus basically was like, I'm not a consumer. I'm a contributor. And I'm going to serve. See, what if we had a church, now one more time, but what if we had a church where we didn't have any consumers, but we had every member was a contributor into the mission? What if we had a church that not, every, not, not one part of anything about what we did was like, this is all for me, man. But we said, I need to take a step to make this about Christ. And to make this a place where people who don't know him can meet him. And to make this a journey that many of my friends and family members can take a step. And we step out of consuming into contributing. What if we could do that? None of us can reach perfection, guys, and I think you know that. But we can all match progression. Don't let the stress of the future stop you from growing in strength today.